Well, good morning again, Summit family. I've got my friend Dwayne here coming to us from Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, what a gift this is going to be. I've been looking forward to this conversation since the beginning of this series. It was really a conversation with Dwayne through text messaging that was the inspiration for this series. And so it's an honor to have him uh, on board with us here again from Charlotte, North Carolina to wrap this thing up. And so Dwayne, I want to turn it over to you and just let you introduce yourself before we started this. I introduced you a little bit, but um, tell us about who you are and what you do and your family and all that. Well, thank you, first of all, for uh, having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and an honor. So uh, there's not really a whole lot uh, of exciting stuff to say about uh, to me. It's just I'm um, just a general, uh, you know, common guy, uh, lowly, miserable sinner, so to speak, uh, just like uh, maybe a lot of us are here today. But uh, um, as you said, my uh, I live in Charlotte. My wife and I, Sherry, have been married uh, for 31 years. We have five kids. Uh, we live in Charlotte near Sherry's family and uh, NASCAR. Uh, I'm an independent consultant in the manufacturing software industry. Um, and that's, that's basically it, really. Yeah. And we met, really, I mean, of, of all the conversations I've had, um, we met when I was about 11 or 12 years old. So about 24, 25 years ago. Yeah. And uh, we met at Johnny and Friends Family Retreat, um, which is which is a story in ourselves in, its, in itself. And then we kind of lost contact for I don't know about fifteen years or so. And then at least ten, yeah, yeah. And then and then um, started to started to see you again. Started to get to know you again. And then about five years ago, we went to the Dominican Republic together, uh, working on wheelchairs. You were like the head mechanic, and I was the new mechanic. I'm not sure you can really call me a mechanic yet. <laughs> you, you you knew what a screwdriver was, at least. That was a bonus. Um, and uh, we ended up being roommates, and kind of the rest is history. The last five, six years or so, um, you know, God's just kind of brought us close together, and um, thankful for that. So we're talking about walking in joy today. And, and some people may think, you know, how does that even connect with discerning truth? And I'm excited to answer that question for them and for us and, and all that. But before we dive in, let me pray for us and we'll, and we'll dig in. God, I thank you so much for Dwayne. I thank you for his family. I thank you for his friendship to me and, um, and to Kristen and the kids and uh, for Sherry and as well. And I just pray over this conversation today. I pray that you would use it for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. And so God, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you have to say to us this morning. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, I chose you for this conversation because I know Dwayne has tough days, but I remember I remember specifically sitting in the Dominican Republic, fighting with a wheelchair for about an hour and a half and trying to get it to fit. Now, again, we've already, we've already talked. I'm, a, I'm an amateur mechanic, um, but I just, I walked over to you frustrated as could be and uh, with, this, with this wheelchair and you looked at me and you said, hey bud, 
you're okay. <laughs> just like the pitch of your voice and all of that. And I remember walking back to my table, asking myself the question, we were in Santiago, does Dwayne ever have a bad day? And so I look, I look at you and I say, man, you are the definition of joy to me. Um, and so, and so, you know, you can, you can speak to that if you want to, but, uh, but, but my question is, how would you define joy in your life? Well, gee, I don't know. After all of that, um, I'm not sure even half of that's true, uh, Travis. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, for me, it's easy to confuse, uh, you know, often, you know, the, the difference between happiness and joy. Um, and, and the way I do that is, you know, I, I just kind of try to separate them because I don't think they are one and the same, you know. I think happiness kind of comes and goes frequently. I can be happy about something, you know, and, uh, you know, 10 minutes later, it's forgotten, you know, if you will. Where, where joy has more of a, <clears throat> a substance, uh, a deeper meaning, um, and it, it just kind of stays with you, uh, if you have it, I guess. Uh, but you're, you're, you have that feeling of contentment, uh, satisfaction, you don't have a, a need or a want for really anything else. You're just, you're just content. Yeah. Um, so. I, I love but, it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, I, I guess I do want to share that. I do have bad days. So, uh, you know, I, I think everybody does. Uh, and it um, maybe just back to what you were saying, it's just all in how you deal with them. Uh, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I love that you use the word satisfied there that because the, i do i view joy as as more of a contentment right a peace um and i love that you use the word satisfied it makes makes me think of jesus in matthew 5 when he's beginning the sermon on the mount with the beatitudes he says in matthew 5 6 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and they will be satisfied you know, and and I think about that in my life, Dwayne, and, and I don't I don't know about I don't know about you. I'm, I'm I'm sure you would testify to this as well. Um, but but when I think about that in my life, when I'm hungering and thirsting after the things of God, I'm more joyful. When I, you know, I mean, just just hands down, like when I'm when I'm hungering and thirsting after the things of God. I find myself more satisfied and therefore content and peaceful and all of that and more joyful. It's interesting how that, how that uh, connects, doesn't it? It does. It does. Absolutely. So what do you, so let's answer the question. We kind of alluded to it at the beginning, but what does joy have to do with discerning truth? I mean, we're talking about discerning truth and it's a crazy time and COVID-19 and all of that. And there's all types of things floating out there, conspiracy theories and, and just different things like that. What does joy have to do with discerning truth in, in your mind? Well, I mean, um, that Matthew scripture that you just referenced, uh, I mean, that's, it, that's a, it's a grounding you know, concept, you know, joy just grounds us to what we really need to be hunger, hungry for, thirsting for, um, you know, it's that relationship with Christ. Um, so, uh, you know, we aren't 
we aren't reacting you know out of uh, emotion or just knee-jerk reaction to situations we you know we stop and think or you know we just uh sometimes after a while it, it just becomes more natural that you know hey it's fine you know we'll deal with it um and uh so i, I think I think all that we've kind of shared so far, just it's just that grounding nature of joy. It's, it's substance. It grounds us, you know, <clears throat> I love that. I love that. <clears throat> Nehemiah 8.10, I, I want to get your feedback on this verse. Nehemiah 8.10, now we could go back and talk about the whole story and, um, and how th this day is holy. They're declaring this day holy, but we're, we're going to jump in. We're going to fly in here to... To verse 10, then he said to them, then he said to them, uh, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready for this day is holy to our Lord. And then it goes on to say, and do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I love that. I love that, 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 that section of that verse, the, the last part there for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I think a lot of times we forget that. I think a lot of times we forget this verse because we, we look for strength in all types of places, but I wonder what you get out of that verse. When you hear that verse, when you see that verse, what comes to mind for you? Well, so, I mean, I hate to be just uh, redundant, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, it's that grounding nature that he is the source. You know, God, the, our Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is that grounding nature in our joy. And that's, that's where we get our peace. That's where we get our contentment, our satisfaction, and our joy. And, and so it's just, it just kind of all wraps around. All of these verses together just kind of bring back and hammer in that point yeah um i mean you you made a comment a reference to the covid the the different things that are going on today i said it's it's just, just amazing with all of the uh clutter the distractions the turmoil and, and and just that plain ugly stuff that's going on around us these days it's it's difficult to rest in the fact that the joy of the lord is my strength you know, uh, we get distracted. We, you know, we we just get wrapped up in all that silly, stupid stuff. And so, how do we stay focused on the joy, and and you know, get rid of the mess that we're in today? Um, and I I kind of go back to something I learned a long time ago. Um, uh, I feel that one of the greatest gifts that we could possess and use is the gift of humility. Um, it, it just opens the door for the uninhibited use of every other gift that we, that we share that the Lord has given us. Humility just kind of takes us out of that picture, you know, out of that situation that, that we're currently in and dealing with. Yeah. And, you know, it enables, it kind of enables us to just look at ourselves more objectively, which is critical. I mean, you can't, you shouldn't, you know, look at someone else in a critical nature if you haven't already done that to yourself, right? Right. So it gives us that ability to look at ourselves objectively as well as the situations around us. 
And it, it enables us, you know, by taking us out of the picture, it enables us to see Christ as the standard for truth. Yeah, so good. That's so good. <clears throat> I was in Colorado one time and I heard a definition of humility. Summit, you're probably familiar with this definition. If you're not, uh, get your pens out, get your notebooks ready. Um, but, I, but I heard this definition of humility one night. It, it goes a little bit like this. It's an accurate view of myself directly related to a high view of God. And, that, and that's humility because a lot of times we come across in the church, sorry, every time I touch my face, I think, oh, ah, I shouldn't have touched my face. <laughs> it throws me off for a minute. Um, but, uh, but, you know, a lot of times we come across this false humility, right? That, that, that people are, you know, the, the people don't have an accurate view of themselves, right? They're either, they're either over modest because they don't want to come off arrogant or proud or something like that. I know I've been guilty of that before just because I didn't know humility. I didn't know who I was even. And so I couldn't have an accurate view of myself, but you know, we see that false humility or we just see a flat out lack of humility. Um, and, uh, and, but, but, you know, the second part of that definition directly related to a high view of God, what happens, right? When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, what happens when we press into God, we find who we are and we find a sense of belonging, um, in Christ. And I think, that's humility, right? Knowing exactly who I am in relation to who God is, right? A high view of God. And I think um, you're right. I mean, humility to me would be the first step. The joy of the Lord is our strength, right? If we want to operate and walk in that strength, we've got to walk in humility. Um, that's where that stabilizing, grounding, you know, uh, force for lack of a better term is, is going to come from. Uh, so I'm going to flip over to Philippians, uh, chapter four, because this is a, a verse we've talked about kind of in preparation for this. And it's a very well-known verse, but Philippians four, I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up and I'll throw you a little bit of a curveball, but that's okay. I'm going to back up to, to verse two, because Paul's talking here to the, to the church at Philippi. And he says, I entreat Judea and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Now, Judea and Syntyche, they were going through a disagreement. It's good to know that the church has come a long way since the days of Philippi, right? There's no disagreements in the church. You agree with that? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he entreats them to agree in the Lord. He says, yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And then here's verses four, five, six, and seven. I'm going I'm to hit them all. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. I can't think of a, 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 a bigger joy killer, right, than, than anxiety. But, but Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, we're going to focus on verse 4 and 5 there. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. Um, uh, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord 
is at hand. And I just want to ask you before, before we go any further, what do you think Paul's getting at here? Well, I mean, so if you are able to uh, experience the true joy, you know, of the Lord, what else would you want to do, but not, but, but rejoice and rejoice always. Um, you run into people, uh, I do often on, you know, you meet a number of them at church, you know, fortunately, and that are just always joyful. And they're always, they're just always at peace. They're always happy with, I use the word happy there, but they're, they're always at joy with, with their situation and, and they're content. Um, so uh, the, the verse Five, I guess it is, you know, where he says, uh, let your reasonableness be known to others. Uh, I think we can easily substitute reasonableness with humility. Mm. Um, <laughs> Sherry and I were, uh, we were somewhere, I forget where exactly anymore, but we, we saw a guy with a t-shirt, you know, share the gospel, not your opinion. And then it, it referenced a, a scripture verse in Mark. I, I forgot to make note of that, but um, I mean, so in our efforts to be a witness for Christ, are you arrogant or humble? Mm. Um, are you sharing your opinion or the grace of God? Mm. Uh, you know, many, many view humility as a weakness. And I'll have to say, especially men, uh, but it's not. Gosh, it's strength. Yeah. Um, it takes a real man to really be humble. Yeah. So. Humility enables us to use confidence and wisdom that we get from the Lord in a way that's not arrogant. It's not opinionated. It's reassuring and comforting. Yeah. You know, some of the best leaders, in, in my opinion, and I, I mean, you're a leader, and, and, uh, and I know you lead with humility. I mean, just, just the, the, the experience I've had following you in the Dominican Republic and just, you know, um, di different, different platforms and different places. Um, you know, your, your wife is technically my boss at Johnny and friends family retreats. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, she's a leader and, and she, I know she leads with humility <laughs> and, um, in a, in a, in a big way. And, you know, and, and I, and I try to do that. Um, do I do it all the time perfectly? Not at all, but I know the best leaders, the leaders that I love to follow the, the best, you know, um, parents, right? Because I, I think we could go into a whole, we could go down a whole rabbit trail talking about parenting with humility, right? That, that, and, and I, I use the word best for lack of a better term, right? But but the most successful, the, you know, the most uh, at peace, um, you know, the, the best organizations, right? Their leaders are leading with humility. And, and uh, Jocko Willink, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he wrote, a, he wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. And he's got, I think, two whole chapters. It's a leadership book. He's a former Navy SEAL. And, yeah, you know, you think about those guys. I mean, Navy SEALs, tough guys, you know, going into the toughest of situations. And, um, and, and he talks a lot about leading with humility. And, and, you know, I think you're right. That reasonableness, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. If you, if you swap that out with, with humility, I mean, I think that's a, that's a big one. And, and again, and, and I talked about this with, 
think I talked about this with Thad a couple weeks ago, right? That um, it's in our weakness that he's made strong, yeah. you know? And, and a lot of times we forget that because we don't want to operate out of weakness. Right. We don't want people to see our weaknesses, you know? <laughs> I want you to know how strong I am and how much I have it together, right? Even though you know different, <laughs> but but I want to give that facade. And and so many of us in the church just need to rip that mask off and show. And I love what you said at the beginning that you're just a filthy sinner like a lot of other people. I'm not sure if you said filthy, but you're a sinner just like the rest of us. We're broken sinners, right? And we know that about each other because there's one perfect person that ever walked the earth and that was jesus right and we're not him you're not. you know and so I, I think you know that humility that brokenness when we lead with that right and i think that sense of belonging that comes from knowing you know going back to the definition of humility that knowing who we are and really whose we are you're right Dwayne. i mean that's the first step to this whole this whole thing is that we've got to Man, we've got to rip off the mask and we've just got to, we've just got to find who we are. And maybe the most, you know, and maybe that's something and we're a little bit off script here, but that's okay. Um, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's something, right. Is that people aren't walking in joy because they don't really know who they are. I know when I've, I know when I've been confused, right. And, 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 and been the least joyful in my life. I think back to seasons of life, I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. Exactly. I, then, I, have, uh, I have a phrase I call my BC days before Christ, you know, and, and uh, I mean, it fits right into that. I mean, it's just, uh, I had no clue. I, I always believed that there was God. Uh, I just, period of time, a way too long period of time, I just wasn't following, you know, God. Uh, but if you really asked me, is there a God, I, I would have said yes. But um, the thing is, though, I didn't know him, you know, and he was always there taking care of me. Yeah. And I lost out on that joy because I didn't know him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. Proverbs 13, 20 has kind of been a theme verse for this series and uh, it goes like this whoever walks the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm shared that verse on the first day of this series <clears throat> and i talked about the importance of walking with people right <clears throat> that <clears throat> sorry man you got me choked up <laughs> um <clears throat> but <clears throat> Sorry, uh, whoever walks the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. How do you think, how do you think, as, as, we're, as we're wrapping up this series, we're putting a bow on it, how do you think this verse applies when it comes to walking in joy and discerning truth? So, I, I mean, I thought about this, uh, and I think I'll come at it from, uh, from the, uh, the, the backside perspective, if you will. Uh, focusing on the, the latter part of that verse. I, I think it's safe to say that companions of fools will never experience the joy of the Lord. Mm. I think it's safe to say the companion of fools have bought into the lives of Satan. Mm. So that's why it's important to seek God's truth and wisdom everywhere. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. 
and again, all, all the more reason, right, to walk with people, to, to, to watch who you walk with, you know? I, I love, I don't remember the first time Kristen and I came to the lake with you guys, Lake Watery, um, but uh, we will, we'll never forget that week. And, and I remember driving away from there <clears throat> just looking at Kristen and saying that was one of the most filling weeks that we've had in a long time. And Kristen and I look, look at you and Sherry, like, like mentors, like, you know, I mean, I, I know you're not quite old enough, but you're certainly a father figure in my life and, and, and a friend. And if, if you can be both at the same time, a close friend and, and all of that, but you know, I, I look to you. And one of the reasons we love walking with you guys is because, I mean, you guys walk in the joy of the Lord and it's contagious. And, you know, whether, <clears throat> whether you're letting Ezra pour out a bucket of um, play cars a hundred times a day and filling them up and not getting frustrated once um, or, or, you know, uh, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's just a blessing. And I think, I think that to, to wrap this whole thing up for me, as I've been thinking about it, I love what you said about the second part of that verse, you know, but it starts with who we're walking with, mm -hmm. you know, that whole idea of you become like the five closest people in your life. And if I'm looking around at the five closest people in my life and four of them aren't walking in joy, what chances do I have to walk in joy? Right. And, um, are walking in humility or, you know, are they exemplifying traits that I want to follow? Um, because, you know, we see here, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. And so we've got to look at who we're, who we're walking with. And, um, I think that's, I think that's a great point. Well, Dwayne, <clears throat> I want to give you the floor. I want to just give you two, three, five minutes, however long you want, buddy. And uh, you talk to Summit Church. If you could challenge us with something, if you could give us something when it comes to application and walking in joy. Again, you are my expert for today when it comes to joy. If you could, if you could wrap this thing up, and challenge us or give us some application, what would you say? Well, um, you know, I, at first off, I've got to start off and just say I'm far from perfect. And what I'm about to share is how I challenge myself. So I figure if, if I can beat myself up in a sense, if you will, in this way, I can maybe just share it a little bit with y'all. But I, I've got to go back to that gift of humility. It's... It is such an enabler. It, it, if you can remove yourself from a situation that you're in, you, you gain such insight and detail about what's going on around you. When, and the true source of the problem or the true you know, situation, um, if you remove your prejudices, you know, that's hard, gosh. I mean, that's hard for everybody. Uh, but you can see things objectively. And it's at that point you are able then to really discern truth. And, and I, when I say truth, I, I, I always mean the Jesus Christ standard of truth. I try to use, you know, humility and I, I underscore try, okay? Because it's always uh, a conscious effort to, to go that route. Um, 
in, in all situations that, you know, with work, you know, family, uh, social media. I mean, so there's a perfect example, okay? I'm, you know, you're scrolling through all the social media posts from current and past friends. And, um, and of course, I agree with some of them and, and some I don't. Um, but the views of both sides are, you know, these days, it's just gotten really ugly. They're, they're often very condescending. And, and many of them, not just some, but many of them are just downright hateful towards groups of people or in individuals. Everybody believes they have this need to share their, to get their opinion out there. And they don't care what you think. They don't care who they offend. And while I would fight that everybody has the right to do this, absolutely they do. But what purpose does it serve? Mm. So, so just think about that. Every, everybody has opinions on everything going on these days. I mean, I certainly do. There isn't anything wrong with having a, an opinion either. But if your opinions can't be used to build up, to strengthen a situation, to build up family, to build up friends, if your opinion can't be used to build up the church, then your opinion has no purpose. Mm. In those situations, your opinion only serves you. It only serves, my opinions only serve me if they're selfish, you know, if they're hateful in nature. So pray for humility, pray for wisdom, and measure everything. And as Travis, as you said, every person you walk with, every social media thing you read, everything, everything the media tells you, everything that you read, just everything, measure it against the standard of truth, which is Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I want, I want to, <clears throat> Paul in Philippians 4, if you jump back to verse 8, he says, it's almost exactly what you're saying, Dwayne. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then he says, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. And I feel like that's exactly what you're saying. You know, you're calling us, right, to think on the whatever's true, honorable, you know, measure these things up against the word of God you know, anything worthy of praise, anything commendable, any, any excellence. And so I appreciate that. Dwayne, I'm going to ask you to pray for us just to, to close this thing out. <clears throat> I love, I, I love you, man. And, and, and I appreciate you coming to us from your home office. I'm in my home office. I've got a cute little light switch cover back there. Um, this used to be one of the girls' rooms and now it's transformed into my home office and still hanging stuff on the wall. But, uh, but what a, what a blessing. And so thank you. I can't thank you enough for talking to us today about walking and joy. I appreciate you. So you've got the last word and then, uh, and then pray for us. All right. Thank you, Travis. And thank you for having me. Uh, our love for you guys is, is, uh, is equal to, to what you've shared. So thank you. Thanks. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, your love for us is so amazing. No matter what we do, you still love us. And we know that isn't a license for continued sin. It's a plea from you, Father. It's a plea from you to us to 
for us to turn around and focus on you and return love back to you. Father, if that isn't clear to any of us, help us to remember the cross, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. What an amazing example of humility. Father, I know that was your plan all along. You knew it would take something that extreme to wake us up, to show us the depth of your love. So Lord, help us to realize that. Help us to see that. Help us to live that. And help us to walk in the joy of all of that. Lord, in these times of clutter and ugliness that surrounds us, humble us. Enable us to seek and find your wisdom and truth. Humble us when we share the gospel. Give us the loving heart that you have so we can effectively share your love to everyone, and especially those who don't know you. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. And we pray that all that we do, every word we speak, every action we take, glorifies you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon. You bet. Love you.